This is the Gear Patrol Podcast. In this episode, editor Will Price, who runs our home and drinks content, joins me to talk about the newest and perhaps least well-known type of grill, the pellet grill. Or, to be more precise, as I learned from Will, the pellet grill and smoker. Will makes the case that pellet grills and smokers, which have been around since only the mid-80s and benefit from precision computer controls, are a super low-effort alternative to charcoal and gas grills, particularly if you're slow-cooking food like ribs or brisket. Will talks about how the things actually work and how they're best used, the benefits and very few downsides to the category, and offers plenty of advice for pellet grill and smoker novices and pros alike. We end with a rundown of Will's top three recommendations for pellet grill and smoker shoppers, all of which I found surprisingly affordable and just really cool looking. If you're interested in a set-it-and-forget-it approach to grilling and cooking out this summer, this one's definitely for you. Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe to the pod and help us get into more ears with a five-star review. I'm Nick Caruso, and I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. Okay, so, Will, we are now deep in the throes of grilling season. I almost said it is grilling season, but it's been grilling season. Um, And I bet most folks listening are familiar with gas and charcoal grills, but maybe while shopping around or visiting friends uh, have also come across pellet grills or pellet smokers, which, if they're like me, sound really alien, and I'm scared of them Mm -hmm. because I don't know what is going on so Mm -hmm. my question i'm always fearful of things i don't understand yeah no that's my mo uh so but that's why you're here i want to know what the deal is with pellet grills what are these yeah um yeah i think uh lots of people like are, are sort of like yourself at first glance um so it's it's sort of this um I'm not going to, it's not really the third rail of grilling because there's also electric grills and there's some other, you know, there's some, uh, there's wood, there's grills that are specific, uh, you know, wood use rather than charcoal, whatever, but it's kind of the third major rail of grilling or the third that, you know, is actually worth pursuing in a sort of, um, more aggressive manner, I guess. Um, so basically a pellet grill is a grill that has a big hopper on the side. Um, and, uh, you fill that hopper with a bunch of tiny wood pellets, which are just, um, they kind of look like what you would, uh, you know, throw to fishes at one of those like dockside restaurants when you were a kid. You know, <laughs> like guinea, fishes. Can you edit food. that out? Yeah, can you edit fishes out? Singular fish, singular nope. plural fish. Um, yeah, they they sort of look like that. They're small um, and uh, they're packed full of um, you know uh, wood. Saw specifically, it's sort of like a I think it's a composite of sawdust and little tiny pieces of wood or whatever else. I'm sure there's various scientific breakdown of what's in there. Basically. It uh, gives you really, really nice wood smoke, wood grill flavor without, um, you know, you having to lug around logs of wood. Yeah, so it's like an alternative uh, fuel source. It's, I mean, my takeaway is that they're, they seem more complex. It's like um, mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's, I know there are computer controls, there's all sorts of other stuff, but that's true, right? Like, what are all those components mm-hmm. that kind of make this complex? Yeah. Yeah, so where a charcoal grill is like, you know, you have like the gut of the grill and you put the the coals in it and you light the coal or you light the coals, you put them in it, whichever order you you go by. And then you put the grates over it and then you, you know, you do your thing, you you grill your steak or you 
you you know smoke some ribs whatever a gas mm. grill you just turn the knob it clicks for a second sometimes longer than you'd like and eventually it ignites and a few minutes later you get the grill um pellet grills are there's a lot there's a lot more moving parts a lot more sort of like um they're they're a little less kind of uh, streamlined or elegant as those other two grills. Elegant's not the right word. It's a little bit uh, snobby. But um, you, you load you load that hopper up with those tiny pellets, um, and then you know through your through your smartphone or you know through a control panel on the grill itself, you might select a uh, a temperature. Um, and we'll talk about temperature. It's sort of a, a hot talking point on the subject. Um, oh and uh, the and you know it takes it takes like fifteen or so minutes. Um, but an auger. Um, just essentially like a, a slow turning screw that's grabbing pellets and slowly pushing them towards um, a fire pot in the center of the grill where there's a small little fire. And that is the area where you're getting heat as well as smoke from for the pellet grill. Um, and, you know, there's a few more there's a few more odds and ends inside there. There are fans in there that are increasing um, increasing smoke output or increasing temperature level or decreasing smoke output or t- temperature level. Um, there are all sorts of temperature probes built in that are um, reading, you know, where the machine is at. And I and I might and I should add, they're out other uh, normally a charcoal grill or a gas grill. Um, you might see those little temperature gauges in the hood. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, they they yeah, seem so sort of they're, they're pretty much yeah, they're pretty much those are pretty much worthless. The ones in a tray or uh, excuse me in a pellet grill um, are not worthless because they can't be because everything everything about the grill relies on its reliability and relies on it to accurately uh, monitor itself, which is kind of a subject that we'll talk about as we break them down. Um, most of them are, are digital PID controlled uh, temperature probes. Uh, it's just code for they're legit. They're not you know they're not just in there to look nice. I mean, you kind of alluded to this, but these are, uh, they're, they, by necessity, are electric grills, mm-hmm. right? They must be plugged in. You couldn't uh, fire one of these up in a field unless you had a generator of some sort or whatever. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's um, so you, they're you know they're not. Uh, they're not brand new, uh, which is like a lot, a lot of electric grills and a lot of, we're in this category in general, people see it as like something that's, oh, this new cool thing the kids are doing. You know, it's been around since the mid eighties. Um, the, the technology, of course it hasn't been, um, I would argue it hasn't been a good value or really, really worth investing in for most people until really recently. Um, and that's just kind of the, the influx of, um, outdoor smart technology and being able to control your grill from your phone while you're, you know, sitting on the couch watching football or whatever you're watching. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a pretty, um, I'm not going to call it revolutionary because, you know, it is with the end of the day, we're talking about like smoking brisket or, you know, or, you know, a pork chop or something, but it is, uh, a massive quality of life improvement and something that I think a lot of people would find, uh, uh, pleasurable if they were willing to give it a try. Yeah. Um, I think whether or not they're new or not is relative. I mean, they're they're as new as I am, but things like you know, <laughs> fire have been around a lot longer. <laughs> it's yeah, just you could that, argue the charcoal grill is a little bit older, right? Like Weber Weber grills might be uh, more recent, but uh, caveman technology. Um, so these are. Uh, is it safe to say these are the most precise sort of regular uh, sort of grilling cooking method in, in our outdoor spaces? They. Um, it's interesting. Uh, they, you know, they do, they do fluctuate in temperature to some, to some degree, like all grills do. Um, and that's because, you know, the, the, what they're working with, you know, burning, uh, a certain amount of tiny pellets, you know, blowing 
fans like the fans into the into the fire pot to kind of like move the temperature up and down um it won't it, it's not necessarily as like razor consistent as say a gas grill which is going to be pretty like if you if you put all your burners to the same level unless you have an issue with your uh like how your gas is flowing through the machine those burners will be putting out a pretty similar level of heat right um mm. pellet grills uh yeah, pellet grills won't be as that like razor sharp but there's the strengths the strengths of a pellet grill um and we keep calling them grills, and this is something that we probably should discuss. They're, they're really more grill smokers, is that they, um, one, remove a lot of the burden of kind of knowing, like, how to grill. And I, they, that may, some people may, like, scoff at that. It's sort of like a, a lot of people view learning how to grill as, like, some sort of rite of passage towards your, you know, growing chest hair or something. But um, the, uh, <laughs> so they, they kind of remove a lot of that burden, and they, they kind of, another word I don't really love, but democratize uh, barbecue um, smoking meat, you know, low and slow, whatever you want to call it. Um, so right. they're not, you know, as razor sharp as a gas grill, definitely more so than a charcoal grill, but, um, their strength is in their, uh, their ease of use and, uh, kind of lowering the threshold of information you need to get into those, I don't know, those fun, those fun things to cook that are so hard to cook. Right. It's kind of like a, this is the set it and forget it, the cruise control of oh, yeah. grills. Right. Um, so, Pellets, you mentioned uh, grills versus smoker. Let's get into that in a second. I want to talk about the actual pellets first, though. I have experience with pellet stoves, uh, and they're kind of a they're like kind of a hassle to me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. It feels like I have to shovel coal and like get these bags and stuff. Um, You're running like a like a steam like like a train or something. Yeah, like yeah. a locomotive. It's a Casey Jones situation. <laughs> but I don't know why I think that they it's no no more complex. Uh, in that sense than like a charcoal grill where I have to dump charcoal onto a grill. Mm -hmm. What do you think about the complexity of like a, that was, yeah, I I (laughs) couldn't tell if that was a prompt or you were really going to tell me about your childhood shoveling coal. I couldn't tell where we're going. Um, the, (laughs) the, yeah, no, pellet grills are pretty, there's a lot of, there's a lot of buttons and, and doodads on them, but at the end of the day, you, you fill up the side of it with a bunch of pellets that you, you know, you get that are in a big bag you get at Home Depot or whatever. Um, most of the, most of the hoppers hold, you know, 20 to 30 pounds of pellets, which is enough pellets for a very, very, very long smoke. Or if you, if you're going, you know, long, um, so you nine times out of ten you won't have to refill the hopper, you know, mid mid brisket or whatever you're going for, um, <laughs> and all you're you know, so I mean, like I said, all you're doing is you're understanding. Okay, I'm cooking X. Let's just say a brisket. I want to cook it for. I want to cook it at this temperature. Let's say uh, 250, 275, whatever, maybe 225, a little lower, um, and I'm going to go 12 hours. Um, you can you plug that uh, nine out of ten pellet grills nowadays are can can be can be controlled through apps and smartphones. You plug you tap that into your phone. You know, ten minutes before you're going to put the thing on the grill, and the grill cranks itself up, um, brings itself to temperature. You know, you throw the brisket on, wrapped up in tin foil, whatever your procedure is. I won't get too in the weeds. And then you know you can check on every few hours on your phone, and it'll tell you what the temperatures inside the grill. Most of these grills even have built-in temperature probes, so you can plug in a probe like you would. You know, you're testing chicken to see how done it is. You, oh, you no leave kidding. that in the brisket, and your so your phone will then tell you, okay, yeah, your brisket's at 175, and you know you know in your head or you've set it in the grill that you want to pull it at. 225 or 250 or whatever it is um 
you know, it's so basically it's going to keep reporting you on this, on this information and make it literally as easy as possible for you to for, to for you to go from you know raw piece of meat to beautifully smoked piece of meat, or in some cases, you know, a nice grilled pork chop, steak, whatever. Right. So it's a it's a blend of like complexity and ease. It's like a high tech grill, basically. Um, it sounds like it kind of takes away the. It, you may drink fewer beers while you're while you're cooking because you're not standing around the grill and poking at it. Yeah, you can. I mean, you could go to the you could go to the the grocery store while you're. I mean, I don't know. Uh, some there's 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 a million there's a million safety uh, uh, safety features on these grills. So them you know them leaving them alone on your back porch is something you know do that at your own risk. But they have plenty of you know. Uh, designed to make sure that they don't, in fact, you know, burn your house down. But they're, you know, they're people who turn it on, then they forget something, uh, you know, that some side that they're cooking with whatever they're uh, smoking, run off to the grocery store, come back, and you know, it's still smoking and doing its thing. So um, that's great. It is a, it is a high tech. Uh, it's it's kind of a it's basically the smart home grill if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, kind of like a almost like a crock pot. Um, that you can leave. I am always nervous to leave that cooking on my counter but uh it's, uh, in theory could be done so <laughs> slow cooker uh alludes to what you mentioned earlier that these are it's technically these are smokers and not grills can you get into that distinction yeah it's a weird one um so a lot of pellet grills and they are widely marketed uh and sold as a pellet grill so i'll call them that for now um you think about first the temperature uh, maximum. So if you want to grill a steak, and there, you know, there's, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like there, I'm not going to like gatekeep your mac, like the minimum temperature to grill a steak. If you like to grill, if you're fine grilling a steak on a gas grill that maxes at 400, or a pellet grill um, that maxes at 400, then you know, by all means. But um, in the opinion of most folks who uh, uh, grill a lot of steaks or review these products or what have you, um, you really need. Uh, 500 plus if preferably 600 and and above to get a nice whole sear on a piece of meat um before you know you overcook it that's the that's that you know we all know that's the magic of of getting a steak right um you want the inner you want the inside to be a nice medium medium rare for the most part you want the outside to be beautiful a really nice solid um crust um so achieving that on a pellet grill can be challenging because most of these grills are they max out at 400 to 500 very rarely do you see any that will market the ability to go to 550 600 650 anything like that um, so that's the first kind of uh, step to cross. Um, the second is that, uh, sorry, there's, of course, there's a siren going off in my ear. The second is that um, a charcoal grill or a gas grill, they, they, they work through with a few different kinds of heat. Um, and I'm not going to get too science teacher, but they, generally speaking, just think of it as you have uh, conductive heat. So you have the heat uh, of uh, the grates themselves touching the steak or touching the pork chop or whatever we're talking about. And mm-hmm. then the second is radiati- radiative heat. Um, those, are the two, those are the two big types of heats. Uh, Two types of heat. Wow, there we go. That are uh, they're going to achieve like a nice brown crust quickly without overcooking the piece of steak. So if you look inside a pellet grill, there's grates like a normal grill, and then there's a, sort of like this angled uh, grease catch that's over the fire pot. And this is the case for nine out of ten pellet grills. Not every single one. There's some exceptions, but most of them. So what that means is the heat the heat is coming from the fire pot, which is under that grease catch, to the grease catch, and then the grates are above that. So you have a lot of layers, you know, of things in between where the heat source is and where your food is. So what that means is you're kind of creating a smoky oven 
um, rather than a super high heat, you know, like searing zone, if you will. Like if you think of like a really like the nicer Weber's or really any nicer gas grill, they'll have like an infrared burner somewhere on them. Um, and that's, that's the area that, uh, you know, it's going to get up to a thousand degrees Fahrenheit at great level and just gives you the absolute perfect crust really quickly without overcooking the meat. Charcoal obviously doesn't need that. Charcoal is going to be over a thousand degrees pretty quickly if it's at full light. Um, so yeah, pellet grills are limited in that regard. You know, the there's some innovations done to kind of uh, make this less annoying. Um, you know, Weber had its own uh, try at it with its first pellet grill that came out a year or two ago. But um, they, for the most part, I would say I, if, you, if you're grilling steaks all the time, I would stick with the charcoal or gas. So then um, give, give me an idea of what you say, like steaks are harder to cook like this. You can't maybe, does that mean you can't really sear things on the surface? Or like what can you cook? What are these made to cook? I, I view them I view them as so we call them pellet grills. I view them as pellet smokers. So I to me the absolute best things you you can cook on uh, these devices or anything that you would cook uh, or you get at a barbecue restaurant. Um, smoked chicken, uh, beef brisket, uh, ribs are incredible. Uh, smoked sausage is amazing. Um, you know Boston butt. Whatever you know whatever your preferred uh, barbecue is, it will cook it and it will cook it well. Um, and the thing is, you could you could uh, if you have like an extra like let's say like a really 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 thick cut steak, like I'm talking like two inches thick, extra large, whatever. Um, you, it could you could make it work on a pellet grill. I absolutely, you absolutely could because that's the steak that's going to take a little while to get. Um, uh, to a higher internal temp- internal temperature because it's so large. But if you're dealing with a, no- a more average size steak, one inch thick, what have you, I really think you'll struggle to to hit you know that nice 115 degrees internal Fahrenheit um, while the outside is is appropriately charred. Um, that's my opinion. Some I've people people argue with me all the time in my email, uh, on Twitter and elsewhere about this. So uh, you know, take it for what you will. Ask somebody who has one, but that's that's my take on the matter. Well, that sounds like an invitation for anyone listening to hit you up an mm-hmm. email or Twitter. W Price, GearPatrol.com. Throw it wow, out. just giving it out. And uh, yeah, you can also comment on articles on the site and you can you can get in touch with Will all sorts of ways. Um, you can DM me for his address. There's all, all sorts <laughs> of stuff. Uh, so I, I don't mean to, to stick on this point, but like I, it's not recommended then that I would like grill burgers on a pellet grill is it a pellet smoker is that yeah true? i mean yeah you you okay you could but a better tool for someone who's gonna like if you have if you have a pellet grill and pellet smoker whatever we're gonna call them um and you want to do burgers or or hot dogs or a steak whatever every once in a while i think that's perfectly fine but i think if you're gonna if you're somebody who thinks of you know, having a cookout as that and that's what you're gonna do more often than um you know smoke a whole chicken or ribs or whatever, then I think you'd be better served by a gas grill or a charcoal grill. Um, just better results, uh, more convenient for those shorter cook time uh, foods. That's, that's kind of my take on the matter. Um, of course, it can cook other those, you know, all those things we mentioned, but it's not necessarily best at them. Got it. Uh, you know, something I, I meant to bring up when we were talking about pellets earlier, and you, you, men- you did mention it, but I, I, you know, I let it go as I so often do with things you say. Well, uh, pellets, you talked about the, like the wood flavor of pellets. Mm. As I understand it, isn't that kind of like a feature of these that you can get all sorts yeah. of kind of you can with, with charcoal to a degree, but with pellets yeah. especially, you can get a lot of different sort of mesquite flavors. Yeah, and wood flavors. You, could, you could do mesquite, apple wood, cherry wood. You could, there's, um, 
I, there's probably dozens of different um, wood pellet flavors, and that is, I will say, that is one of the more fun parts about it because you can kind of uh, maybe you maybe you mix them. You do a little apple, a little cherry. Maybe you know, I uh, my dad um, has a pellet grill, and he'll mix you know like like two thirds one type, one third the other type, and you know just kind of play with it in that way, um, just like you would you know if you're if you're uh, if you're doing a barbecue with uh, you know real with proper wood, not not even necessarily charcoal. So it gives you that ability and kind of that feeling like you you know you are I don't know you are a pit master without having to go through decades of uh, sitting inside a barbecue pit, which is a, a hot, sweaty, and very very sort of uh, humid existence. Yeah, sounds terrible. So, uh, so, so, sort of the sum up. Then this is uh, the pellet grill smoker is maybe the more most nuanced of the three. Is that true? The three being gas, charcoal, yeah, yeah. pellet. Let's just stick with it. Let's exclude electric electric gr- grills. That's where they belong. Excluded. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's probably the most. I think it's probably the most nuanced. Um, I, it's just it's just an interesting one, you know, because the other the other grill types, yeah, they're making efforts to become more um, smart home friendly, more uh, more modern, what have you. But at the end of the day, uh, having a grill that you can just like tap around on your phone to change all the controls and you know set like a guided cook, like you would uh, you know an instant pot or whatever your other smart cooking appliances may be, I think that's kind of special, and, and I do think it's kind of cool. Um, it, you know, if there's really the bar taking a, uh, you know, a course and and uh, smoking meat on a proper smoker or trying and failing for years, it's pretty <laughs> much, it's kind of a shortcut to reaching, you know, really nice pull apart, you know, whatever. Yeah, this is the get rich quick scheme of uh, <laughs> making, <laughs> yeah. making food, right? There you go. Yeah. It's the, the, the silver bullet everyone's looking for. Uh, so this would have probably served as well to, to do up front just because it's like a chronology related but uh, you mentioned that these the sort of genesis of pellet grill smoker machines uh was the mid 80s which is now coming up on 40 years ago uh mm-hmm. and that that's courtesy of the company traeger is yeah. that true uh we'll talk about a few picks in a second but is there anything significant to sort of talk about the development or like where these came from and and the early years of Traeger's uh, existence? I think the the early years in Traeger probably say this themselves, and, and they are at this point probably the biggest brand name in pellet grill. So you have, you know, there, there is some, there is some justice in the world. They were first and they are, at, at, you know, they are still at, at the top and they were first by some time. In fact, I think uh, they only started seeing competition in the last, I don't know the exact number of years, but once a, uh, a patent on the pellet grilling technology expired, which is why there's, there's a lot more uh, players in the game nowadays. But um, yeah, uh, you know, is mid eighties, a lot of the, the t- it was, it was, the idea was, you know, you, you mentioned wood pellet stoves um, earlier. Uh, it came from, you know, how wood pellet stoves have been heating houses for a long time before that. Um, and seen as, like it is today, perhaps an easier path to, um, you know, low and slow, low and slow smoking and perhaps a little grilling. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's a little more to it. There's some interest to, you know, if you like, if you're kind of into the old, um, patent disputes and everything, it's fun to read about that old, of that stuff in, at that period. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it definitely did. I wouldn't say it's a, it's a grill type that has some storied history. You know, it's, it's really only become, um, mainstream, I think in the last maybe three, four years. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the pellet 
stoves in homes remind me of like the sort of like the reason that they I was around them at least is that they're cleaner burning than the the wood fireplace that they replace. There's not smoke pouring into the room. Mm-hmm. There's not uh, they're safer, I guess. You don't have to, you know, yeah. reach into a fire. Yeah. Um, what about the ecological impact of this kind of thing? The, uh, it, yeah, people, it's one of those things, it's always more, the deeper you dive, the more complex and, and kind of nuanced uh, this subject gets. So um, with pellet grills, you know, the first thing that pellet grills require um, to run, of course, are pellets and which are made of wood. Um, so uh, if you, I, I imagine, and there are plenty of, uh, you know, uh, organizations, lobbying organizations and whatnot fighting against this. But if you've talked to the folks who live uh, in or around the forests in the southeastern and eastern United States where these where, you know, trees are getting mowed down and turned into pellets for both wood, wood stoves uh, in the U.S. and in Europe, uh, as well as now, you know, growing demand for wood pellet grill fuel, um, um, those folks would not be super enthusiastic about <laughs> about the increase in, in demand uh, for the product. Um, uh but uh, and then there's also the fact that you know making making or turning a a felled tree into a pellet also you know consumes a pretty incredible amount of energy. Um, some there have been some studies that show that it's uh, you know the process of creating pellets themselves uh, is dirtier than the process of refi- or refining coal. So um, you know I'm I'm not going to pretend uh, like uh, I have I, I've read every single you know paper on the subject, um, but I can tell you it's something that's worth um, you know googling, looking around at yourself if uh, you are indeed concerned um, you know about the ecolog- e- the ecological and carbon footprint of the things you buy and the things that you're you know you're playing around with in your backyard. Right. I mean, on that point, if you're grilling steaks, you <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a big ecological impact there. Um, what about it? Do you know our like recycled woods? Can you cook with recycled wood? Is that it seems like a dangerous uh, prospect? Yeah, I, 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 perhaps, perhaps, perhaps not. I'll let I'll let somebody Google and and tell me that I should have known that before the podcast through my in my email. I'm gonna second that. Anybody, you can <laughs> copy me on that email. I'd love to see it. Uh, <laughs> BCC, our boss. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, the pellets, like recycling pellets and stuff, like the source of them reminds, all I can think of when I think of compressed wood is Ikea and sort mm. of like, you know, flat pack furniture. So it, it, to me, in my mind, the pellets kind of like kids think clouds come from factories, like the pellets <laughs> come from the little holes where you stick the dowels, like those holes oh have to be God. drilled out. Yeah, and then, you, and then you find that you've completed the whatever piece of furniture you're assembling and one of them is not full, so like you haven't, you haven't put a screw in it or nothing is attached to it and you just know that it's about to collapse. Is that what That's you're right. Saying? That's yeah. right. Those are the ones. Another uh, podcast. Yeah, another, another, another. Uh, so... Something that surprises me, uh, this is a kind of a good segue into talking about uh, your top three recommended uh, products here, but something that surprises me about these uh, pellet grill, pellet smokers, uh, which is just a really awkward thing to keep saying over and over. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, is the price. Because they are very complex, right? There, There is what we like electronic and digital technology there are a lot of like you say moving parts they are more nuanced in a lot of ways they are you know wi-fi connected they run on electric there's a lot of different stuff and they're even oh gosh let me see here 
I, I think the most expensive one you recommend is like 800 bucks. Whereas uh, charcoal and gas grills, particularly gas grills, I mean, the high end are, are astronomical, yeah. but like the really good one is it can cost way more than that. Um, right. What's your insight on that? Like, why is that? that can, that's confusing to me. It's a good question. Um, I think uh, I don't know if the, I don't know if I have the absolute perfect answer to it. You know, the end of the day, pellet grills are even though they have sort of entered the mainstream as like a much smaller but now existent third rail of grilling, um, they're still a much smaller category. So being really competitively priced is is important for this uh, for brands in this space. And you know, at the end of the day, there are you know there of course there are luxury and higher end pellet grills, but there are far fewer of them than there are luxury or higher higher end gas grills or charcoal grills. Just simply by the fact that there are just fewer people uh, shopping for pellet grills, which just means there's a smaller you know. Uh, group of people searching for those luxury options so um you have a lot of brands uh in the space now and they're almost all competing for around the same price points that you know like I, there, there might be a thousand dollar pellet grill in in our guide of uh, grills we've tested um and it goes as low as i think um for full stuff for a full-size pellet grill like 500 or something so that's a pretty small range when you think about the, like you said there's in the in our equivalent guide for gas grills we have a grill that's you know Two hundred fifty dollars, and then we have a grill that's like fifteen thousand dollars. So you yeah, know, five hundred to a thousand is, is yeah. pretty. <laughs> yeah, five hundred to a thousand is a much smaller gap, relatively speaking. Yeah, if this reminds me, uh, some listeners may remember our chat about uh, bourbon prices. It seems like you know maybe there's going to be a boom. People are going to look back and be like, "These were <laughs> such valuable products. Why did I get this for six hundred dollars?" It could be. Could be. I'm going, to say, I'm going to say that right now. And anybody listening to this in 10 years from now, in 2031, you can email me and uh, call me out. Okay, so using that as a springboard, let's talk about the guide. So you've, we've got this buying guide um, that you've, you've assembled. In it, there are 10, yep, 10 uh, pellet smokers and grills. Uh, and of those... You have three top picks. Uh, so regular listeners and uh, readers will recognize uh, our buying guide format. This one's a little different. We usually have a sort of more uh, sort of pricier option, a less pricey option than a middle pick. Um, because of the product here, we're, we approach it differently. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, Will, but we have mm-hmm. a best overall, uh, a, a more uh, accessible price point, and then a best portable pellet smoker um so it's a just a different way to categorize your your top three picks well said thank you very much let's do it i've been i've let's see we've been recording for a while i've learned a lot let's say that last 25 minutes uh so let's go through these um let's actually start i i suggested earlier that we go in a different order but uh, let's save the best overall for last as they oh, sure say so often and talk about the best uh what you say cheap pellet smoker yeah. uh but sort of, of the affordable price which is the the green mountain grills daniel boone daniel the old danny boone yeah so um green mountain grills uh makes uh is one of the one of the other big competitors to traeger they're a little bit strange and i shouldn't say they're strange it's a little bit different than that um if i uh, for the most part, they're only available through, you know, buying them through uh, licensed dealers. So, you know, you're just 
on their website. It's kind of like how Big Green Egg works, if anyone's ever tried to buy one. Um, new, that is. Mm. Uh, this specific one is um, it's $500, four ninety nine. Uh, it's got uh, plenty of grill space. Um, its temperature range is pretty standard, but a little bit better than... than um, pellet grills on the cheaper end which is 150 to 500 um that's that's plenty of range for any smoking of course um and 500 you know you could do you could do um a really big steak or a nice thick pork chop or, or some of the other you know not lightning fast uh high heat um grilling dishes in it as well um the reason the reason we, we went with it at 499 there are, there are a lot of other pellet grills at that price point and even some that are a little bit below they get down into the low 400s or maybe even high 300s um this grill is pretty much uh, exactly like Green Mountain's other uh, more higher-end grills that are $150, $200 more. Um, but this one does not have Wi-Fi or app connectivity. Um, so that is – so basically, in my mind, I was like, you know, I would rather have a well-built grill. You know, this thing is – and I know that weight does not always equal, you know, uh, quality. Um, but in some to some degree, it actually, you know, it does line up. This thing is like 150 pounds of steel, right? Um, it might be even a little bit more than that. Um the grates are a really nice, a really high quality. The auger is really consistent. Um, kind of the guts of it are, are, are what you would want from a pellet grill. Um, because there are so many moving parts in these, um, when you want, I actually think I might say this in the guide itself, um, when you're looking for something more on the budget side, you really don't want to go too cheap um, because they can and... Uh, I won't, I won't say will, but they are more likely mm-hmm. to, you know, break down on you than say a, certainly than a charcoal grill, but even than, and then a gas grill. So it's a, it's a good option for people who want a pellet grill and don't mind, you know, going out and tapping the up and down button on the temperature gauge, you know, every couple hours. Sure. That's yeah. That's, that's not something that way I'd thought about that, but it's something to keep in mind because these, since these are more uh, complex, so there are more things that could break, like you say, not yep. will, but are, you know, things break eventually um you also mentioned that the so this has a different this can burn at different temperatures than other grills what determines that why are why would some grills not be able to achieve a a temperature that the others do you know there's probably a number of reasons i think um a lot of the a lot of the ones that hit up to 500 500 is kind of the it's my own personal benchmark for like a pe- it needs to hit at least 500. Just, it's just my opinion. If it, if it doesn't hit that re- that mark, it just, you know, it, it's kind of in, it's less capable in some of those other, um, grilling some of those other foods that we talked about. Um, yeah. so it could be, I, I think a lot of it probably comes down to fans inside the grill and how quickly they can kind of get the fire going, um, and keep the fire going consistently without burning through too many pellets. Um, fuel efficiency is a big thing with any grill, right? Um, how much gas or rather how much propane or natural gas you're burning through, how much, uh, like charcoal, not, not as much. Most charcoal grills are going to be burning at the rate that the charcoal itself will burn, but pellet grills, um, some are really, really, really big uh pellet eaters like driving like a you know like a semi truck in grill form right it's just churning <laughs> through pellets and some are quite um are quite effective uh and you know aren't going to cost you um you know an arm and a leg and just buying you know bags of pellets themselves green mountain i think um makes grills generally speaking or that are quite efficient um which is another reason why this is a really good buy for someone on the looking on the the, the budget side of things right on yeah and speaking of pellets uh, again and price as I recall, the pellets that you know my family has bought and that I bought for my family are something like forty bucks. I mean, it sound like 
Oh, even less than right that normally. You know, yeah, so yeah, so normally you you can uh, yeah. There, so there's some specialty woods, or sometimes <laughs> brands will, uh, you know, they they hike maybe they hike up their prices. I don't know, but most of the time in the fifteen to thirty dollar range. Oh, good. Um, yeah, and if I, uh, one more thing about the Screen Mountain Grill because I do think it's, I do I do like it for the price. But what, what, another thing I think, and I think this should be translated to every grill that exists with wheels. Um, it has two wheels that are basically extra large rollerblade wheels, and I think we even oh, talked yeah. about this subject on uh, when we talked about uh, task chairs. chairs and office chairs. Yeah, um, it is such a small but healthy thing to add to any product that needs to move at some point in time um to have wheels that a work and b um aren't like a total pain in the ass to move around um yeah and for a cheap product to have i keep saying cheap inexpensive affordable budget-minded whatever um to have it is just uh i don't know i think it's a small thing that speaks to you know they didn't just mail this in yeah, for sure. I love a rollerblade wheel on a product. Just love them. Yeah. Um, I think it's like a very like Gear Patrol. Like so we, we you test so many things, and all of a sudden you just start keying in on like, but but how are the wheels? You know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, and, yeah, temperature or whatever. Yeah, but does it roll? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's the different. Oh yeah, the Vacheron or the Rolex. Like, what's the clasp? <laughs> Is it? Um, yeah, and it. I mean, there's the green details on this one are cool, hearkening uh, to the name. And it should also be said, I, I don't know why I haven't commented on this yet, but uh, these grill smokers look really serious. They look badass because they have necessarily have these chimneys, yeah, and like it's the cool. the electronic guts are like a you know a separate um, section of the whole thing. They're <laughs> they they look pretty serious. Yeah. Something to show off to your friends when they come over for that slow cooked Boston, it's all Boston right butt. Uh, okay, the next up uh, sort of contradicts the idea that these have to be plugged into an outlet, um, and yet it exists, and we recommend it. The best portable pellet smoker. Don't cast doubt on my my well reviewed selection. Uh, <laughs> the, the, well, yeah, the, is, I don't know. I mean, you're gonna have to explain yourself right now. This uh, is a uh, we swore you in before we started recording, uh, yeah. and this is the Traeger Ranger. Good name for a, a portable Ranger. portable device. Yeah, the, <clears throat> this is. Um, we'll talk about another Traeger in a second. This is. Uh, this Four hundred dollars. Um, it is. You, you do still have to plug it in. Um, and so, what I, and if you're thinking of like, how is the pellet grill portable? There's like a lot of things going on. It's a really good question. This is like the size of a, um, probably like a medium or small size uh, luggage you would check on an airplane. It kind of looks mm. like that too, without the without the wheels or the handle. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you would. I wouldn't say you're going to bring. You're definitely not going to bring it backpacking you know through the wilderness uh but you could absolutely bring it car camping you could absolutely bring it to you know a campsite where you either have a generator or uh, plugs handy um i have used this on uh, the rooftop of you know apartments in new york city uh had a few friends over and done you know uh and made like six chicken uh like halves whatever you what am i thinking of chicken quarters there we go uh leg and leg and thigh combos one and a half chickens one and a half chickens and uh it did it perfectly um and frankly you know it's it's not the it's not like the absolute ideal grilling experience but you know you're not always gonna have a big patio with tons and tons and tons of space and uh, i was i'm still uh very impressed with this specific product years after uh you know testing it cool and yeah, this goes for 
uh, we, we have a link here, three ninety nine ninety five is 400 bucks. Um, so you're still paying a significant amount, but that's, uh, you're paying for convenience. Um, it should also be said, definitely be careful if you're going to be grilling on the top of an apartment building in New York yeah, city. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend doing that, but this is the, that is the extremes I will go to, to deliver, uh, first person takes on products. I will break probably the law. I think that yeah. is, I think I'm pretty sure that was illegal. You will put literally an entire block of apartments <laughs> on the line. Um, so any any fire marshals can feel free to also w email Price, Will. <laughs> uh, great. So the third and final of the top three recommendations we have for our best pellet, pellet smoker and grills. I'm going to use something I was just thinking of uh, while you were talking about the last one. I'm going to say this is a Traeger warning. <laughs> Another Traeger. Uh, the OG. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. The best pellet smoker overall you've awarded uh, to Traeger, the Traeger 575. Yeah. Tell me about um, it. There, there, this is it's actually pretty difficult because most good... Most of the best pellet grills are right at this price point or right above it. Um, I went Which with Traeger... Which is 800 bucks. 800 oh yeah there you go thank you um this one i went with because it's sort of it has i thought a an excellent combination of features price and um you know customer service and a company that uh you know they've been making them since they were invented they did well they invented the grill itself um so sort of track record um to me uh you can kind of view traeger as the weber of the uh um of the pellet grill world uh you know they just kind of do it uh, really, really well for reasonable prices, and you know they're constantly innovating and coming out with new features that are helpful. So the reason I like this one, or the reasons I like this one on a fundamental level, fundamental level, are fuel efficiency, which I found it was much, um, you know, it didn't chew through pellets not uh, nearly as quickly as some of the other grills uh, that we tested. We've tested for this. Um, it does have excellent wheels, which we've already talked about. We love, we love a good wheel. The Gear Patrol podcast. Um, the uh, it has, I think, probably the most robust and well-supported app system of any um, of any brand in this space. Uh, Traeger, I think they call it the Wi-Fi system. Um, mm, that's <laughs> uh, clever. Yeah, very clever. Uh, they they do a ton of work with this. Um, I really hope it is the Wi-Fi system. And I it is. Just I, just, okay, I just saw that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, but they it's it's uh it's failed on me uh exactly zero times in my in my times testing trigger grills which has been um across three or four generations of their grills at this point um and to kind of top it all off it has uh you know it's it has a really really sturdy warranty for a category where warranties are not usually um, that strong. So you you know look at look at the grill spe- for more specifics on length because I think it's like it's like ten years for like some parts of it, five years for other parts. You know you know how warranties work, but it's it's significantly better than the other grills you will find in the space. Um, and I did want to say, you know, even though this is like our pick, um, also I really love a, a prep table attached to a grill. I think all grills should have them. But I, I also wanted to say, and this is this is my top pick. But you know, do do a little googling. There's other great grill companies out there. Rectech makes a lot of really really cool grills, and they also have some fun kind of design flourishes. I think their handles are like designed to look like um, bullhorns, which is uh, you know, if you're into that, you're into that. But um, they're really nice. They they work really well. Also, like insane warranties of that company. Um, you know, Z Grills is a nice budget-minded budget, budget minded brand. Um, uh, 
uh, you know, look into them if you're if you're looking for something that's not not nearly as expensive and still has uh, pretty robust uh, Wi-Fi and smart control setups. Um, you know, Weber has their own pellet grill that's extremely well made and um, you know is very very worth looking at. Uh, the just the build quality itself sort of stood out when we tested. Point is, um, you know, this is a space where unlike perhaps charcoal and gas grills, there uh, you could you know there's a lot of good products being made because there's so much competition and uh, it's only, you know, the market is only growing. So um, do, do a little Googling. But, you know, start with our but guide. Use my guide. Yeah, yeah, use, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, never mind. Don't just look at my guide and nothing else. Right. Just type in gearpatrol.com. The, um, and you, you actually, I mean, in all fairness, you do recommend inside this guide, several of those brands. Actually, I think yep. all of them you just, you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that is a a great place to start or and or end your journey. Um, anybody shopping for the smoker slash grills? Uh, so then, will we've not really touched on your history with uh, making smoked meats and grilled meats and all that? Mm-hmm. We don't we don't necessarily need to, but suffice it to say that I if if I were making a buying guide of just people I know making food you would be in the top recommendations <laughs> to just get this pick of people yeah. to cook in your backyard definitely will price uh so that is to say that you do a lot of this you are well versed um pellet or not what is your what are you cooking on maybe this summer yeah um I've got a, I've got a few products specifically that are coming in uh, that we're getting testing notes on some of the bigger ones we've I've uh, I've I'm outsourcing the testing to other folks who are lucky enough to have large backyards. Um, I'm actually mm-hmm. I'm actually running through a few uh, more small and I'm going to call them park sized grills. Um, Weber had a new one come out this year called the Traveler that we're getting a little hands on with. Uh, it's a small gas grill, um, pretty good firepower, all things considered. Um, if I had a beautiful large backyard and you know all the space and time in the world, I would probably be um, cooking mostly charcoal. If I'm being honest, it would probably be on uh, I don't know uh, maybe a PK grill. If you're a big charcoal grill fan, or if you want a charcoal grill that's you know good for a nice steak and also good for smoking, look at a look at a PK grill. It's a good size, um, and it's to me actually Nick. I think we've actually grilled on one together. I and in fact, I'm looking out my window at mine right now so wow. uh yeah this podcast that's... not brought to you by pk grills believe it or <laughs> right. not right uh can you imagine well will that uh <laughs> that's a ton of information uh, hopefully uh folks out there who are curious about grilling um and also who do we say the, the fire marshals the people in the future the, mm. all the people who know shout out uh, fire safety for sure yeah yeah they are all uh also their ears are perking up but uh, thank you for your time and for you know going through all the all the uh, the testing for all of this information. Um, and anybody listening, thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you tuning in and uh, hope that you like the Gear Patrol podcast enough to subscribe. And if you like it that much, we hope you also like it enough to throw a five star review our way because it helps us get into more ears. Uh, thanks to algorithms, you slow cook that algorithm and get a, <laughs> see there trigger warning. Uh, oh so, yeah, as we've mentioned several times, you can hit us up in all sorts of ways. You can email Will. Uh, you can hit us up on social. Our handle is Gear Patrol, one word. 
everywhere. You can uh, comment on our articles on GearPatrol.com, and you can email me directly at podcast at GearPatrol.com. So once again, thank you to Gear Patrol's very own pitmaster, Will Price. <laughs> thank you, guys. Or thank you, not, well, thank you and whoever edit, whatever. Thank, thanks, everyone who's listening, not Nick. I, I edit it. Okay. Uh, well, really appreciate your time, Will. And uh, hopefully you'll be grilling something for me soon. And everybody else, uh, hope you are well. Enjoy your summer. Good luck grilling. I'm Nick Caruso. And until next time, take care.